Welcome to Worship Culture with your host, Shoah, a podcast where we unravel God's intent for worship beyond a Sunday service. Lean in as we discover our identity as worshipers and shakers of culture. Hey, worshipers, welcome back to episode seven of Worship Culture Podcast. It's your girl, Shoa, and I'm really, really excited to be back. I know it's been a minute, but we're here. We're back at it again, like we never left. It's good to be back with you guys. I hope your quarantine is treating you okay. I'm definitely getting a rhythm of things now. I'm learning to manage my time better, um, learning to be super productive as well just you know it's all a process i'm extremely excited for this episode why you may ask because one uh, my music band campus fresh music dropped our album the flood it's out now and i'm super duper excited it's been basically a year and some change Um, we've been working on this for a really really long time and it's so so amazing to finally share this sound with everyone i hope you guys go out there and download it and share with your friends it will bless you i was listening to it last night and it actually blessed me i keep listening to it over and over again and i'm really really honored to be a part of this project so go check that out You know what it is, you know what time it is, you know what we're doing next, it is Press Play, and on this episode of Press Play, it's going to be the Flood edition, so I'm going to be talking about three songs from the Flood that I love at the moment, you know, it's, these are my babies, these are songs that, you know, we worked on for over a year now, so I can't pick a favorite, but it changes every day, like sometimes it's one song, another time it's another song, so For today, (laughs) these are my favorite songs right now in this season. It might change by the time you hear this, but yeah. The best part of this episode is that I can actually play a little snippet of each song for you to hear. I can't do that in other episodes because I don't have any sort of ownership for these songs. But for this one, it's my album. You know, it's Campus Rush Music, so I kind of have that um, access to it. And, you know, I'm not going to do that with any other um, song because we're not we're not going to go to jail. (laughs) So, yeah, enjoy these songs. All right. I'm going to be sharing these songs, these three songs in no particular order. The first one is Embers. Guys, this song is it. Trust me, I'm not being biased here, but embers is such an amazing intimate song you know um the concept of the song is speaking about you know embers are little coals of fire that you know they have fire in them they have some sort of flame but it hasn't consumed the coal completely and i think that's kind of the journey of christianity sometimes when you know we have some sort of relationship with god we had fire we were on fire completely consumed at a point in our lives and something happens and you know life happens and our flame starts to fizzle out and embers is just saying to god reignite that fire so that the embers of my heart can now be consumed such amazing songwriting shout out to pastor kofi on that um and reggie they wrote this song together and it's such a deep deep message 
Fun fact, this song wasn't supposed to be on the flood. <laughs> and I was like, Pastor Go, no. We have to put this on. So I'm really, really excited that it made it to the album because it's one of my favorites in the season. The second song is Victory Sound, and this song is a vibe a whole vibe trust me guys it starts off as like a funk type track and then it goes into like this south african sound and then you think it's done and it switches up on you into like a whole congolese vibe guys it is the song it gives me so much energy it's something that you know i could see a lot of people dancing to um i could see this all over the world you know it definitely captures a lot of um, different genres the instruments on the song is amazing um, the production on the song specifically is so so intricate and yeah victory sound go check that out if you want to dance for real for real The last song is Breathe On Me. Oof. If you want to go to heaven and sit right next to Jesus, <laughs> listen to Breathe On Me. This song is so, so, so intimate. I think it's one of those songs that could keep going on forever. Like you could keep singing this song forever, honestly. Um, it has no end. Like you could actually just sing this song and never stop. Um, Breathe On Me is very, very personal as well. And it's one of those songs that you could add your own lyrics. So it's Breathe On Me, Breathe On Me, Have Your Way, Have Your Way. Very simple lyrics. You could say anything. Rain on me, um, pour in me, whatever it is that you're feeling in that moment, especially for worship leaders all over the world. This is definitely a song that you could lead um, or introduce to your to your church. Um, so this song is really, really personal. And it's also a really, really good corporate worship song. Breathe on me is my prayer time song. So check it out as well. I hope you guys check out those songs. Um, speaking of songs, this quarantine season has really, really blessed me with the amount of worship albums that's been released. You know, I shared with you guys a couple episodes back. Um, Stephanie Gretzinger's album was amazing. You know, in this season, we heard from Bethel. Bethel Music dropped Peace, their album as well. Maverick City Music with Volume 3. And then Amanda Cook dropped her single, Help is on the Way, which was amazing as well. Housewires has also been dropping, you know, singles here and there. Um, if you're into rap music, um, there's a project called Exit by Juan Day. And it is such an amazing body of work. So check that out as well. 
We also have Jonathan McReynolds' People, which is also such a good, good, good album. So we've been blessed with albums. And of course, The Flood, Campus Rush Music, which I already talked about. Um, yeah, it's been a season of like overdose of worship music. And um, Elevation Worship also dropped um, Graves into Garden. And initially, I was going to call this episode, What Would You Do If He Walked Into the Room? And that's a song from the album. Um, and this song really, really wrecked me. If you haven't heard it yet, please go on YouTube, um, watch the video. I think watching the video changed my life, truthfully. Um, just seeing um, um, Isaiah... Isaiah, by the way, is an amazing vocalist, and he is the person singing on this specific song. He took us into heaven, <laughs> and this song was initially a spontaneous song that um, Pastor Stephen Furtick was writing on the fly. You know, he wasn't um, trying to write a song from what I from what I know. Um, and this song, to me, has become such an anthem for me, from my personal walk with God, because it shifted my perspective on worship. It shifted, you know, how I view worship. A lot of people forget that, you know, each time we're in his presence, asking for his presence and worshiping him, there is a high possibility that he will come and dwell because he inhabits our praises. So when we praise him, Chances are he's coming to dwell amongst us. He's coming to rest on our praises. And so sometimes we worship without um, that perspective. So it was really cool to um, see that perspective. In the same vein, um, you know, the song Embers has a line where it says everyone changes when you're in the room. And so these two songs together got me um, thinking about, you know, what our posture should be when God is in the room. A scripture that dropped in my heart, you know, as I was, I guess, preparing to be on this podcast today was Luke chapter 10, verse 38. I believe it's verse 38. Yeah, it's verse 38. Just pulling it up right now. 38 to 42. Um, I guess we can read it. And the fun fact about this, my Bible right now has a subtitle for it. It says Mary and Martha worship and serve. So significant. I'm going to read it. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus's feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered, and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. 42. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. This scripture is literally um, two different ways that we can respond to God when he's in the room. And one isn't necessarily better or worse than the other. Um, it's just a matter of recognizing when one is needed and the other isn't. So for example, um, Mary and Martha's sisters, you know, Jesus is in the room. Um, and we're all going to tie this back into worship and um, hosting the presence of God and knowing what to do in certain atmospheres. Um, 
Jesus is in the room and of course there's um need for him to be served um someone has to give him food at some point you know someone has to make him feel comfortable but then there's also room for him to be worshipped so there's two different dimensions of serving so it's a matter of recognizing that there is service to him and there's service for him and you know as i said earlier these two things are great but we always have to identify which one is necessary at the time so martha's service was for him you know he needed to eat you know jesus was probably hungry but mary's service was to him and i don't know if you guys um serve in church or you know in whatever capacity in church it's very very easy to get super busy in the presence of god you know you have to coordinate this and do that and walk around and make sure this is going on properly um depending on your role and those key roles are so important but also um you need to be able to identify when it's time to you know take off the Martha hat and put on the Mary hat cuz Mary's role was so significant to Jesus in that moment and Martha was so annoyed like Jesus you know she needs to help me to serve you and Jesus is saying no she is at the right place and God has you know spoken to me a lot in the past when I sometimes get distracted with service for God that I forget that my number one role is service to God. Our number one priority is worship. So we're going to talk more about the Mary approach in worship, knowing how to posture ourselves when we recognize that Jesus is in the room and sometimes when we don't know that he's in the room. Um I think the best option is to assume that he is at all times and act accordingly. Um I have four little tips, very very quick tips for you. It's not going to be a long episode today. I just felt like I had to touch base with you guys and share what I'm learning in the season. I know we're all in quarantine and we're not in the physical building, but these are tips that help you whether you're in church or whether you're out of church whatever it is any environment where you are worshiping god this applies 100%. The first thing is focus. I wish I had a little acronym for you guys like F T S A or something. I don't know, but we'll see. Um the first thing is focus. What Mary had in that moment was tunnel vision. You know, you could have God in the room like the song says what would you do if he walks into the room you can have God in the room and not even know it um Martha was aware of the presence of God but she was so distracted with everything else happening around her that she didn't even find time to be at his feet and Jesus needed her to be at his feet at that time so in an atmosphere of worship in a place where God is willing to walk into the room you need to be focused tunnel vision like laser focus on Jesus no distractions you know sometimes back in the day um i would be in worship in service and super distracted by people around me or um you know things that's going on at home or i'm super hungry so i'm thinking about like chicken or whatever the case is um but you have to understand that focus is the number one thing your heart needs to be locked into the moment And a practical thing you can do is close your eyes. I do that all the time. And sometimes as a worship leader, it's not always advised to do that because you also need to watch and see what's going on around you. But if you can, 
um, find moments to um, zone in so that you are completely, completely locked into his presence. The second thing is engage. Um, this one is very, very interesting. I don't know if you guys remember that video that was circulating at point. Um, it was brother Franklin, <laughs> brother Franklin. I think it's been like almost 10 years, if not more than 10 years at this point. He was a, a young man in a church service. It's on YouTube. Just type it in somewhere. Um, and he was doing backflips guys, like backflips like he would go up i think it was like offering time and he would dance in front of the church and you know be super super expressive and a lot of us including myself was like laughing like uncle what is this uh, but i'm reminded of david he was so engaged in worship that he would dance his clothes off and that's the posture we need to have whenever god is in the room with us we need to show him that we are engaged in worship you know um watching that video the elevation song what would you do i saw everyone's posture change immediately that song started so it's what would you do if he walked into the room and you see people on their face you see people crying you see people singing out and those are the things that we need to constantly do when we're in the presence of god and when he's there with us in worship you know find practical things to do to be engaged raise your hands you know um jump if you have to i am an introvert like complete introvert i think i'm transitioning kind of out of it a little bit sometimes i'm extroverted sometimes i'm introverted but um in worship i am the most expressive i'm yelling i'm jumping i'm twirling <laughs> anything that can get me moving because i truly understand the david type of praise the david type of worship is expressive and i say that because you know we hear about the woman with the alabaster box a lot and something that we know about her is that you know she got her oil her jar of oil and poured it on jesus as a form of worship but God um, showed me a couple years ago, actually, maybe last year, actually, and said to me, you know, I'm not looking for people to bring um, physical boxes anymore. You are the carrier of oil. You are the box. And so when you come into God's presence and when he's in the room with you, um, you are supposed to break before him. And the content, everything that's inside of you is supposed to spill out. And so that just shows you that our worship isn't um, designed to be reserved. It's not pretty worship. It's not, you know, don't mess up my makeup type worship. We're not, you know, <laughs> conserving our outfits or making sure that we're not stained. You know, if you have to go on your face, it doesn't matter if you're wearing white. You're just going to have to do laundry after service. But that's 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 the type of worship that God is deserving of. So, you know, spill, spill worship is what I call it. Um, and that's the David type of worship. The third tip is use your words. I know a lot of parents say this to their babies, to their children. Um, you know, sometimes it's hard to understand what the child is trying to get across. And so um, the parent encourages the child to use their words. And that's the exact same concept with worship and with God. You know, when he's in the room with you in that moment, he wants you to speak to him um, from your heart. Um, there are moments in service when the worship leader 
might lead you to sing your own song. And this is the perfect moment where you get to say to God what you feel about him. That's not necessarily in the lyrics that you just sang. Um, So speak to him. Say to him how much you love him. Speak about his goodness. Speak about his kindness. This is when you fully, fully speak to him from your heart. Think about it. If Jesus right now, if you knew Jesus right now was in front of you, um, what would you say to him? You know, in worship, there's always an opportunity for you to speak back to him. Fun fact, I wrote a song a couple years ago um, and a lot of people thought I sat down somewhere and, you know, wrote down lyrics. But this was unscripted. I was just saying to God how I felt about him in the moment. And that usually is the best moment of worship. And so whenever God is in the room, which is, again, as I said earlier, um, the best assumption you could make as a worshiper, you need to be able to express to him how you feel about him. And the very last point is listen. This one's so important, guys, because a lot of us worship and spend time in his presence. And when he walks into the room, um, we're not even still enough to listen to him. Um, And this might be the most important part of worship. You need to be a great listener when he walks into the room. And I say this because God always has an agenda. He always has a purpose for each time he visits his children. He has something he wants to tell you. He has some sort of direction. He has some sort of instruction. He has things to talk to you about, uh, whether it's to you, whether it's for someone else, um, whether it's for your personal life, or sometimes he just wants to spend more time with you. I was on Twitter just a couple of hours ago and I saw a tweet about Pastor Michael Todd's service. Apparently, his service was supposed to be, you know, about relationships. I think he's talking about like relationships right now. Um, And all of a sudden, the entire service was a worship service. And that to me shows um, great listening skills because God walked into that service and said to him, I want to spend more time in worship with you guys. I want to be with you guys. I want you guys to worship me for a long time. I don't want to hear anything else. I don't want to hear no sermons. I want you. I want your attention. I want your worship. And so God sometimes speaks to the worship leader. So any worship leader listening to this right now, you need to be hyper, hyper sensitive to God's voice in worship. Um, Because each time he's in the room, he wants you to do specific things at specific times. He might need you to, you know, speak over people, speak healing over people. He might need you to be still. He might need you to worship longer um, than expected, you know. Um, So be a great great listener. Uh, most of your problems, most of your issues might be resolved if you just listened more in the presence of God. So whenever God is in the room, yes, it's good to speak to him. Yes, it's good to express and engage and focus, but it's also, if not the most important, very, very important to um, listen attentively and obey accordingly. Let's jump right into the listeners' questions. So this question says, how do you engage the audience when worshiping? I'm guessing this is from the perspective of a worship leader. Um, engaging the audience could be done in so many ways. Um, I've said this before in a previous episode. The best way to teach people how to worship is by being an example of a worshiper. So as a worship leader, if you want your church to be super engaged, you need to be super engaged. So um if you want a church that is 
constantly dancing you need to be the most energetic dancer there is in church um you know lift your hands um for every worship leader there's a worship follower and so the entire church is following you as you lead them into the presence of god and so whatever you're doing your church starts doing as well um and so definitely in your actions you need to be super expressive and they will also join you secondly you need to talk sometimes you need to talk through your worship um, I think I did a little bit too much of that in the beginning stages of my worship leading I would talk through my entire worship set guys let's can we raise our hands guys I was in the shower today and I was hearing God say this 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 um, in those moments I felt it was necessary because it got people to understand why they're worshiping so there's definitely room for that um with wisdom share as much as is needed for that atmosphere so for example um, if you notice that the church isn't really um, engaged you could say something like can we raise our hands um can we sing that part one more time you know um or sometimes express to them the meaning of the song. Um, depending on how much time you have, of course, if you have a 10-minute set, I wouldn't spend more than one minute explaining the importance of worship or explaining or telling people what to do in worship, how to respond in worship. So definitely, um, you need to somehow um, express to them, you know, can you sing that part one more time? Oh, just the voices. That's always a good um, little tip that I do sometimes, you know, getting everyone else to sing and no one else except the audience also gets them feeling like, yes, I'm a part of this worship experience. So those are tips that I have personally that's helped me and helped my church to be more engaged in worship. I hope that answered your question. Please send all your questions to worship CLTR on instagram follow us share um i've seen a couple of reviews and i'm really really excited that you guys are reviewing it and you know rating it please share it on social media follow us um slide in our dms we want to hear from you um i love you guys so much and i'm really really happy that we're back and running and back in this podcast game i love you guys so much it's shewa and i'm signing out